0: Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining us on the Coffee, Theology, and Jesus podcast. I am your host, Tim Whitaker, joined with my other great host.
1: Rob McMichael.
0: Hello, Rob. Sounding great on that microphone, might I oh, add? thank you. I've been so practicing. So I-, I bet you have. We're also joined again by our third wheel, I mean friend, um, <laughs> Russell. Uh, Russell, say hello. Hello. There he is. So, welcome, Russell, back on the podcast. Thank you very much, Tim. He's our
1: Absolutely. first two-timer, is he not?
0: um that's a good question let me think for a second here
1: i don't is he no one else besides the hosts have been on a podcast twice
0: yeah, I guess you're right. So, congratulations. <gasps> we're going to so keep dating right you. Now. Yeah, we're going to keep the dating relationship going, and maybe four <laughs> to five episodes in, we'll end up uh, dumping you, and okay. we will never call you back. Right? Don't worry, we it's could, not we had me. S- it's
2: you. Don't worry. Right? Well, yeah, God, God had to told to skip me Skip no. an
0: episode. God told me. Yeah, no. God gave me the clear signal. It was a no go. So, <laughs> <laughs> I can. Anyway, it. thanks everyone for joining us and spending time with us here. So, um, we're going to hop right into our normal, our normal routine, I should say, of. Uh, a podcast uh, order a business number one do my feet really stink that bad
1: uh, Rob uh, no they just smell like feet like it's not a very pungent smell okay. but it's just a it's a foot smell well
0: they're right next to you so and just Rob's breathe right in next that aroma me, and I'm breathe the only one wearing shoes in this room. <laughs> yep it's a big it's a big uh stinky room
1: <laughs> so Rob you uh you saw a movie this weekend I did, and we're going to use this as our Christians in the news. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. <laughs> That's <was>
2: totally it.
1: <laughs> Isn't that the intro? No, but it it usually is a flavor of that in there. Yes. Okay. So go ahead, Rob. Tell me what Christians in the news have you seen recently? So I saw the movie Risen, which has been making. Some waves. Oh, definitely. So I think it's. I think it definitely qualifies for Christians in the news. Go on. I'm listening. Uh, so the entire premise is the weeks after the crucifixion of Christ, a Roman soldier is tasked with finding the body, and he's tasked with making sure that the Christians don't steal the body, because Caiaphas is all worried about this revolution that started, and the disciples are going to steal the body. So he's tasked with making sure nothing happens, basically, and... Um, Pilate is this character that's worried about just what Herod's going to think of him, what Caesar's going to think. And it, w- it was very, very well done from a historical point of view. Okay. So it
0: sounds like, Rob, that you would give your stamp of approval for this movie. Is that correct, Rob? Because, I mean, you, your own words, it was historical. It was well done. It was about the resurrection of Christ. So how could it possibly not pass the robbing Michael litmus test?
1: All right, <laughs> so he, here we go. I I actually, I was just telling Russell before we started the podcast, of all of the Christian movies that have been coming out recently, of retelling events, Noah and uh, the Exodus. gods of Egypt. Exodus, and... gods and kings. Yes. This one stays more biblically accurate than any of them combined. No rock creatures? <laughs> no rock creatures in this one. <laughs> Did you just spoil Noah for me? <laughs> yes, no. I haven't seen
0: that movie yet. And if you just spoiled Noah, no, I'm we were talking about something ticked. else. Do you uh, want to know who God is in Exodus? <laughs> I saw Exodus. Okay, okay. Yeah. God's a little narcissistic
1: in that one. <laughs> not gonna lie, but anyway, go ahead, Rob. So, so biblically speaking, I would say it's pretty accurate. Great, case closed. N- no, no, <laughs> not oh. case closed. Oh, okay, go ahead. So the the you're I'm spoiler alert. I'm giving away the movie but I... I
2: <laughs> somehow I think we already knew the like ending of You
1: can't of read story. that in the biblical text? Is that what you're saying? Is that... Well, no, you can't read this in the biblical oh, text. Oh, here we go. No. Okay, go ahead, you little purist. <laughs> so uh, the end of the movie, the Roman soldier basically gets saved and sees the risen Christ. Wait, that's is your it? problem with the movie? No, no, it? listen.
0: Let me explain my saved. problem.
1: All right, I'm listening. So if you remember... <laughs>
0: I'm flabbergasted right now.
1: Oh, see? You guys don't know your Bible. That's why you're flabbergasted. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Nobody gets
1: saved after reading the Bible. I got it. I'm sorry. You you had the floor. So, uh, if you remember, Christ gave the keys to the kingdom to whom? I don't know. The apostles? You know, one in particular, Peter. Oh, uh, Peter, Peter. Okay. Right? So, he gave him the keys to the kingdom and Peter was then tasked with opening the keys to the kingdom, so he preached the first message to the Jews, he preached the message to the Gentile. Okay. The king, who is the first person to get saved from a Gentile nation. Okay. So, a Roman soldier being saved before that kind of defeats the whole purpose of Christ giving the keys of the kingdom to Peter...
0: So, is was that your gripe? I want to give That you, was my gripe. I want to give you every out possible to justify that before we before Russell and I completely just destroy you in a few shreds. Because that is quite possibly the worst reason for hating a movie ever. I, didn't,
1: I never said I hated it.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, what you just said was the guy didn't get saved the way that I thought he should have gotten saved.
1: No, the guy didn't get saved the way that the New Testament says Gentile believers got saved. Oh my gosh! I mean, it's a movie, right? I, that's why I'm saying. Would this, you recommend it though? You still think yeah, it's a yeah. Good movie? Yeah, yeah. I think it was. A, it it gave you a new insight into the apostles at that time. Because there's this scene where Peter was talking with this Roman guard, and the Roman guard was kind of like, "Why are why are you guys even here? Like, what are you doing?" And he gives. This a very honest answer. I thought we don't know. We're following right. Christ. He told right. us. He told us to wait in Jerusalem till the Spirit comes. Uh, he told Mary obviously that we should go to Galilee and we'll see him there. We we really don't know. Yeah. Well one thing I will say about
0: this movie, I have not seen it yet, but it has gotten really great reviews from both the secular culture and the Christian culture. And I'm definitely, as you well know, Rob, and so do our listeners know, that I'm pretty critical when it comes to Christian media. No. God's Not Dead it is I thought it was just horrific. What your and favorite so cheesy. Oh. And you think about the you think about about like the left the be, Left Behind series, and you think about Kirk all, Cameron or Or the uh Nicolas Cage one. Oh my <laughs> gosh. So bad. So I am happy that that a solid movie around the resurrection of Christ that overall does it justice came out and that has been received well. That's made me really happy, so.
1: And it doesn't, it, it's not one of those in your face, preach the gospel. Like, it's, it's more historical, I think, than it is gospel-centered. Got so you. Nobody, nobody likes
2: Passion?
0: Well, Passion was good. Passion
1: was good. I, Rob? I watched Passion. We'll leave it at that. You didn't like it? I cried. Okay. He, he was, had to, he had to read moving. subtitles.
0: I thought it, not his thing. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a great movie. It, it was good. Probably still to date my, the most powerful Christian movie or Christian theme movie I've probably, probably ever seen. Because they, they nail the crucifixion so well. Yeah, good one. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No pun intended. I'm sorry. Oh, man. Okay, that room got, that room got quiet real quick. Did not mean it like that. They nailed the Yeah, no, I, I didn't mean it like that. That was very punny. Anyway, it was a very well-done movie. So At least I thought so. Let's just move on before I get my foot... You know more in my mouth because I'm already chewing on it. So, Um, Russell, welcome back. Thank you very much. Now, Russell, last time we had you on, we had you on to discuss dating relationships, Mm -hmm. and I was a little I was a little disappointed because I was ready to really go to war with you and argue and yell and you know call each other bad names and because I I was ready I was ready to disagree and have this great war that people have been you know craving, but. It didn't happen, so I figured I'd bring it back on so we can really go to town this time on a subject that <laughs> is far... a more far, genuine subject. A far more genuine subject that I think has many more opinions on it, and I want to cover... I mean, we're going to cover a lot of ground. I, I just know this conversation is going to go everywhere. I have that feeling, but we're going to go there because I think it's important, and all three of us have pretty different views on this. I mean, this be in my opinion, radically different views. In my okay. opinion. Yeah,
2: so I,
1: I would
0: agree with I'm that. I'm excited for this because this is going to be a good like, topic. This is going
2: to be like a nice little spiritual cocktail of three gents, three good Christian gents having a good conversation about the things you should not all talk, talk about. A <laughs> cocktail? I don't think so. Okay. Not in this household. See, here, here we go. Here we
0: go. It all starts right here. So the question I wanted I wanted uh, to pose to the group is the question, should or do Christians have an obligation to vote? in the country that they live in. Should Christians vote? Not necessarily asking if it's wrong, but should they? Do they have an obligation? So let's do this, okay? Let's just do a quick survey. So Russell, yes or no, should Christians vote? And we'll get into it. Yes. Okay. Rob, should Christians vote? No.
1: I love it. I love it. We disagree. Wait, wait, wait. Tim, should Christians vote?
2: Maybe Maybe <laughs> no, no, no. Maybe. Oh, I was...
0: Maybe Honestly I I think that It's up to them Is what I think And I, I don't think That there should be any pressure to, For the obligation to vote That's,
2: There's always, there's always going to be one
0: It really And I will explain why So uh, allow me to start out Because I have always been a big believer In voting As a Christian I believe that Christians should vote I have always though struggled That was a yes people Hold on However, I have always struggled with the mindset of vote for the lesser of two evils. I've always hated that because in my opinion, as Christians, we don't believe that we should be lukewarm or that the lesser of two evils is ever some kind of acceptable thing to do. But yet in politics, we make this exception of, well, this person is better than that person. So even though you might not agree with, with everything that they say, you should definitely just vote for at least the lesser of two evils. I've always hated that idea. But this election cycle in particular has gotten so bad that I truly cannot honestly vote for any of these candidates and feel that I I truly support any of them. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I don't think I'm going to be voting for any of these major candidates if I'm voting at all. And if I do, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a throwaway vote. It's going to be for whoever the heck I think that should be president, which is whoever, you know, mm-hmm. but it won't matter because there, yeah. it's going to be a no name. So I don't really think that this pressure that society, especially the Christian culture, has put on themselves of, as a good Christian, we should vote, really holds up. I think it's a load of hogwash.
2: Well, that's one particular instance, too. and I mean, Rob and I have had kind of had some dialogue this week on yes or no kind of leading up to this podcast, and sometimes I think that there's circumstances for a maybe, but then I sit back and think about it is that I can't take a back seat because— in my opinion, when, when I say Christians should vote, it, it, voting is an opinion. It's an outward sign of your opinion. And I know both of you guys like to share your opinions. And so this is just one way that we are allowed to share our our, our opinion. And somebody asked me this week, well, do you think voting is a, a privilege or a right? Well, it's it's both. And, you know, very few places around the world, you have that ability and uh, you transplant yourself somewhere else in the world. You'd be like, wow, I wish I could vote. Now you have the opportunity to and you don't take advantage of it. That means a lot to me.
0: Why? Because let's face it, man, politics, when it comes to money and politics and all that stuff. Who even says that our vote really counts? Honestly, because there are bigger powers that control way more than we're ever going to be able to control. I don't think the vote in our society goes as far as we think it does. The game is rigged. Someone else already <laughs> determined is- who's going to be the candidates. It's already set in stone, in my opinion. I mean, there are people with a lot more money true. making those I mean, calls. I even,
1: even in our political system, if – the Electoral College doesn't like who the public voted. They can change their mind and right. vote someone else. in. Right. It's not
0: exactly a true democracy here. It's not like my vote guarantees that if if this person has the majority vote, that they're going to be president. There are way more other things in place that I have no control over. So I don't understand it. I don't. And I don't mean to make light of the sacrifice that any other, of our military made for right. that right to vote. That's but I'm not going what to. no, nope, <laughs> nope. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that. And I hate when people try and say that to me. Like, well, you're just, you know, how could you say that for the people who died for that, for that freedom? That, I I am grateful for that I have the option to do that. But let's not be naive either. I don't
1: think our vote goes as far as, as we think it does. And to that point, didn't they also die for our freedom? To not vote, isn't that our choice Absolutely. as Americans? I think so. We're not we're not forced to vote. So even as an American, aside from the Christianity aspect of whoa, it... whoa, 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 that's not what we're about. What
2: it's separating the Christians? And
1: the no, no. I'm just here. saying, apart from that, as because there's many people in America that aren't Christians, they have the freedom to choose. I will vote or I won't vote. Mm-hmm. So that, like you said that that argument is
2: null and void. Because now, they died for your freedom, not for your slavery to vote. If we take that to an extreme place and say, all right, now all Christians should not vote, what do you get? You get a voteless crowd. You have no voice. You have no understanding. But at least if you say, hey, you should vote, you'll get a turnout. You'll you'll get a chance to voice your opinion. You'll get an outcome. It'll be a better outcome that the majority would want, and it's fair. But... Matt,
0: I'm sorry, man. I mean, think about the last few presidents, Clinton, Bush, Obama. Those are three presidents who all did serious damage (laughs) in different ways. You just named the last six, actually. Well, you know what I'm saying, though. The last last three presidents that we had, they – I mean, I don't care how much the the quote-unquote moral majority voted for Bush – Bush did terrible things. I mean, it was, not, in my opinion, he was not a good president. Just like how I don't think Obama was a great president. Clinton was okay financially, but of course, morally, you know, not yeah. super solid. So I don't understand where this is coming from this obligation to, no, we have to vote, we have to vote. For what? And how can you, as a Christian, justify voting for someone who doesn't really reflect a Christian? worldview, because I don't care who it is up there. I don't care if it's Hillary Clinton trying to say that she's a Christian. I don't care if you're Rubio or you're Cruz or you're Donald Trump trying to say, oh, yeah, I'm a good Christian. They all have views that, in my opinion, run very contrary to biblical views anyway. So I don't feel like they represent my view. Not if you read two Corinthians. (laughs) <laughs> so Buzzing, yep. I, I, I mean, Russell, I have you on here, man, to make your case. So by all means, I, passionately defend it.
2: I'm here, and well, Rob and I, I'm sure, we'll get into the scriptural portion of this, uh, because we kind of exchanged some before, too. We were talking about, um, you know, God appointing all leadership, and then I came back and said, you know, okay, fine. God does appoint all leadership. I think leadership can then be influenced by, you know, Satan, at that point. And there's many times in the Old Testament where God has appointed people and he's mad at the decisions that they've made. And, and the people are mad. And there's there's all kinds of elections in the Old Testament. I get it. I'm not going to argue that. But in the New Testament, there are. And in the New Testament, the most most recent example I could find that I wanted to point out was that, what did the disciples do after Judas killed himself? Jesus, Jesus is gone. What did they do? They had to replace him. So they casted lots. What do you think casting lots is? You're throwing little things around on here. You're gambling. You're choosing straws. And that is how they came up with uh, Matthias, right? Is that correct, Ron? So that was a political vote. Um, it was a gamble. It was a vote, yes. Each of the <laughs> disciples did it. So each of the disciples casted a vote to say, hey, this is who the Holy Spirit's telling us. We're going to put the Holy Spirit in control here. We're going to cast our votes based upon that and based upon what we pull and what we see that's going to decide one of these two gentlemen is going to be the next replacement for Judas. So I'm like, Hmm, these are the most closest brothers of Christ here and they're casting lots. And that was common Jewish practice too. It's not just something they just decided to do in a whim. So that to me is like from, from day one, what did they respond? They listened to the Holy spirit from the day one. This is before Pentecost. This is kind of an, an intermediate area right here or an interim. And so they took the chance to vote. The first thing they did to say, hey, we have to come up with a solution, they voted. And so I'm like, that speaks volumes to me. and says, all right, as a, what's one of the first things we should be doing is, you know, with our leadership, we should be choosing our leadership. And that was the opportunity. Um, and the other stance that Rob, you know, kind of came up with was like, you know, okay, yeah, God appoints all leadership. That's good. And I came back and said, I think it was... Uh, was it Romans, Romans 13. 13, 2 where it's like all right you should obey Romans. the leadership yeah Romans his favorite <laughs> so I came back and said all right well you should obey your leadership and when the leadership asks for your vote that's a sign of obedience you should be giving your leadership what they're asking for if they're appointed by God which all leadership is appointed by God so now you're butting heads with leadership and well and I'll use I'll even go for the King James version you it says you can be damned. If you go against leadership, and what's so- that say
0: for the Christians who bash Obama? Then that's what I want to freaking know. Uh, I'll tell yeah. you what. <laughs> oh, don't get me I mean, started yeah. on that. Yeah. that's a pretty hypocritical so- thing to, of you to have, though. My opinions. I know it Christians is. hold that view. Oh, we need to respect the authority over us, unless, of course, they're a liberal Democrat. You know, then all mm. of a sudden, oh no, they're terrible. They're jerks. They're idiots. They're stupid. So it's a complete double standard there. Hmm. I, I had to throw so- that in, but I understand. Anyway, Wait, I, I'm, not I about- yeah, I'm not talking about. Yes,
2: I'm not talking about. Like verbally bashing or causing negative things, I'm just saying obeying. I mean, you should. This is a, just a, this is just another form of um, obedience to your leadership. Rob, I'm not sure which point to start on.
1: <laughs> if it's the casting lots, it's obeying leadership. Rob, just leadership.
0: Give, give your case for why you don't vote. I know that you don't vote for a fact. You said that you're open about it. It's not it's yeah. no secret. Why don't you believe in voting?
1: Um, so for me, I think the the biggest reason for me personally, and Tim, I'll just I'll uh, I'll preface this with saying, I'm more on the line with what you said in the beginning when we asked you the question, should Christians vote? I would say no. However, I would never tell another Christian not to vote. I think it's a personal thing between you and the Lord. You decide if you believe you have a conviction to vote. Then by all means, right, go ahead. Right, this is definitely not
0: a sin issue we're talking about here. No, it's purely clearly preference not, or reasons for. I, I've
1: talked yeah. to people where they thought it was a major issue in Christianity if you were a voter, but that's that's not me. Um, so I think the 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 biggest reason for me was if I look back to my baptism. So baptism, as we all know, is you proclaim your salvation the day you are saved that's what a baptism all is about you're showing you go under the water i've been buried with christ you come out of the water i've died i or i've been buried i've died with christ i come out of the water i'm raised again to new life so part of that confession in baptism was i died to the world and the world died to me so for me to violate what i proclaimed at my baptism would say okay the world died to me however I'd like to partake in its political systems, the same political system that was used to crucify my Lord, the same political system that was used to nail my, my savior on a cross is, is now I'm, I'm saying, no, it's okay because now God's going to use it in a different way. It's no, it's okay. Cause now God's going to use it in through me. In my baptism, I said, no, I've died to the world, and the world has died to me. And when you read through the New Testament, you get very clear pictures that God has appointed um, all leaders. God has put powers into being. When you read the Old Testament, you go to Daniel. Daniel says the same thing. Uh, You can go through, all through Scripture, you find that God is appointing leaders and powers and kings and princes and uh so for me it was it always came down to well i can cast my vote but what happens if my vote like if i was if i was to go back to the first year that i could have voted it would have been between bush and obama and if i would have said if i would have went and said okay who should i who should i vote for here or not Bush and Obama. Um, was it Bush and Gore? No, that was right before I could have voted. Because I wasn't 18 yet. It was the next one. It was oh, a- Kerry. Yeah. Bush and Kerry. Bush and Kerry. Um, and if I would have went with the majority of Christians, they would have said, oh, you need to vote for Bush. So if I was going to vote, okay, I probably would have went with everyone else and voted for uh, Bush. Or in the next election say, as Obama and Mitt Romney, I would have probably went with Mitt Romney. So if I cast my vote for Mitt Romney, the Lord obviously appointed Obama. Does that mean I voted against the will of the Lord?
0: Okay, let me me stop you right there for a second. I was tracking with you pretty much all the way until you made the comment of the same political system that crucified my Lord I'm partaking in. I don't know how you connected those dots because the political system that we have now is night and day from the Roman government.
1: Right. No, I'm not saying the American system is the same as the Roman system. I,
0: but how do you make that connection then that – are you saying that any political system somehow ties back to the one that crucified Christ?
1: I'm just saying the world system is the, – so the politics are a part of the world system, how the world operates – which we are told that we are in the world but not of the world. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not saying, okay, the American politics are right. what was responsible for the crucifixion of the Lord.
0: You're just saying that the idea of political systems in general right, is what's exactly.
1: responsible for killing, right. the killing of Christ. Because, I mean, that's, the Jews knew by their law they couldn't, they couldn't put this man to death. Right. So they had to come to Pilate and said... We can't put him to death, but we know your law can't, so can you do this for us? Right.
0: And then your other point that stuck out to me was you saying that, you know, if you voted for Bush, but Obama got elected, are you going against the will of God?
1: Right. It's more of an open-ended question and something that I've always had in the back of my mind.
2: Russell? Well, I don't think you're voting against the will of God if the will of God is flowing through you in the Holy Spirit, because... That's what he's telling you at that point in time to do. Um, if he changes his decision, that's up to him. But I don't think it's an ultimate point of view. I don't think if you if you have the Holy Spirit inside you and you're confidently making a, a choice, they're one and the same. You're making a decision based upon what he's telling you to do. So you're not going to vote against his will if he's inside you. That's the that's the bottom line. I mean, I mean it, it might have been his will to put Obama in there. That was after he was telling you something different, but he could tell everybody something different.
1: So you're saying that God can change his mind?
2: Yes, if he wants. God never changes, but if he wants, he can do whatever he wants. Well, look at the story of Abraham.
0: God allowed Abraham to talk God down from sparing so many men, then so many more men, then so many more men. God allowed that to happen. He, in a sense, changed his mind. Because at first he was going to destroy the city, uh, and then Abraham said, well, if you find 50 righteous men, will you not save it? And he goes, okay, 50. Then it was down, I think, 40 and 30 and 20, and God agreed all the way down. So I don't think that it's necessarily of, oh, I changed my mind. I think it's just what God will allow. And in that sense, our perception could be that. You know, what, Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Right, because I mean, it, I would think that the Lord knew, okay, Abraham's going to come to me and going to ask all sure. of
2: these things. No, back to the political systems, though, I think I'm kind of with Tim, though, I'm kind of in the different world here. I don't, I think it's night and day from the system that was back then. Nothing was voted on. I mean, that's what we're talking about today. The people had no choice today. We have a complete choice, a completely different form of government. Somebody wasn't just appointed from the top down. Like it was in a Roman government then. And like Pilate kind of make that decision because he was put in that point of view. The people did not elect him. And that's what we're talking about today. If the people had elected their leadership, how could that have changed the outcome of the situation? It could have been drastic, but the people had no voice. It's two completely different systems. I see what you're saying, how the man made it, but man made religion too. I mean, religion is man made. So it's, you can do the same argument with a lot of different things, but the next is going to be, oh, well, Jesus didn't say anything about, you know, making this political power.
0: Russell, do you think that that Christians put too much weight on political power and, and elections? And I ask that because I often find myself struggling because it's on one sense, a lot of conservative evangelicals are about less and less government government regulation and they, they really try. But at the same time, they also want their morality legislated through the government, like no homosexual marriage and, you know, being pro-life versus pro-choice, those kinds of things. Right. But I wonder if it's because the church has lost its presence because so, so many evangelicals put so much weight on the political process instead of using the church as the the primary vehicle for, for this kind of change.
2: I, I completely agree with you. So, I think that's so,
0: true. Right. So, so do you see how frustrated I think people like myself and Rob can get when so many Christians get so worked up over a political process that, A... Listen, man, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, it's bought off by big business. Like, there is so much money dumped into the, into the political system because humongous businesses have no limit on how much they can throw at, 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 a, at a, uh, candidates, period. Or they're self made billionaires who have also probably gotten a lot of that money through not really maybe the most moral practices. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. So, so much of it has. has it really isn't even up to us anyway, but yet we, we put all this weight on why we should vote, why we should vote, when really God gave us the church to implement social change anyway.
2: That's what the Pope decided to do. The Pope decided to reign over certain nations at, at one point in time, and we've gotten away from that.
0: Well, I'm not I... talking about a theocracy. I'm not talking about, about the church in bed with the government. I'm talking about the church being the church and saying, you know what? Maybe Social Security, the reason it came into power, or maybe maybe welfare came into power because the church never stepped up. It wouldn't help out the poor in the, in the urban city. Maybe mm-hmm. the church was too concerned about their own four walls and how much money they can make, and there was this huge need, and government said, well, I guess we'll step in. But I wonder how much of this could be prohibited or could have been stopped if the church really was
2: the vehicle for change that I think Christ intended it to be. I I think you could make a, a really good point there. I think the church does need to step up and I think they have failed and I think evangelicals think that every four years they have a chance to see somebody become the most powerful person in the world, they get a chance every four years to see the issues that they've been struggling with for the past four years come out to light. The people talk about them in public, and they can't get mad at them, and they get to see a few people debate about it, and they get to see one conservative view, and then one liberal view come together and say, oh, no, these are my my evangelical views. Now they get to be discussed, talked about, brought out to the open, and they get to see the true motives behind these people. What's driving them? And they say, oh, wow, that's what I think Jesus said when he said this, and that guy is pushing that agenda. I want him to lead these people.
0: Yeah, but you see how misguided that is, right? Because Trump won the most recent... um was it caucus in south carolina in nevada in nevada and i think also in south carolina there was one recently he He won by the majority majority decision from the evangelical vote Mm -hmm. evangelicals support the views that donald trump has i don't know where where they somehow overlap i don't understand now and and this is where i get stuck because here's here's why i especially this election cycle have a hard time voting I'm i'm gonna tell you why as much as I love the ideas, hold on, not political practices of Bernie Sanders, but the ideas of his, I do. I <laughs> I think no, I, if you I take his ideology, that. it is more biblical than anyone you're going to find on that stage. However, I do not believe that the role of government is to implement such policies. I mm-hmm. understand that. Okay, so as much same as, with Obama, as much as Bernie and I would probably have a great cup of coffee and agree on so many issues. Bernie would say that the government should be the catalyst for change. I say the church should take those issues and be the catalyst for change. Okay, mm-hmm. so 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 theologically or ideologically, maybe I really align with Bernie, but I don't think that it's biblical or it's accurate to put the government with that with that much control. Plus, I think frankly, Bernie would just be such a big shock to the system. I don't know if the economy could really recover because yeah. it'd be such a big change.
2: Now, if somebody told you you had the chance to put somebody in power that said, yes, I want churches to be the next change. I want to give the power back to the churches that they can make that change. I want to give more influence for them. I want them to be the tool to do that. And you knew a guy was or a girl was going to be up there saying, hey, you should do this. You wouldn't support that person.
0: I'm shaking my head no harshly because that politics shouldn't – hmm. let me think here for a second. Politics right shouldn't words. drive the church. Pol- politics can't. Politics can drive the church. If you tell, if someone said that, I want to give the church more power, what does that even mean? What are you going to make our tax exempt status more tax exempt? we are you going to give us more freedom of speech that we already have? What are you going to do? What are you going to start giving us money now that now the government's in bed with the church? It's the opposite uh, of
2: religious freedom. You have religious freedom versus somebody who wants to take less of your religious freedom away. No, it's Saying, not religious
0: freedom. It's the opposite.
2: It becomes,
0: it becomes exactly. a religious favoritism, is what it becomes. Because if you had someone who was political saying, oh, I want to support the Christian church over other religions, my friend, that is quite unconstitutional.
2: It I agree. Completely. I agree. It's religious I can, liberty. I didn't say which religion. I just said religious but, liberty.
0: But of course, I mean, obviously, you would know what Christians would say. Well, yeah, give that money to the church. Now, all of a sudden, we're repeating why we why we left England in the first place. We're starting the, 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 the groundwork for the government and the church getting back in bed with each other because... Money corrupts, man. Money absolutely corrupts. Once the government gives the churches money, now the church is on the hook by the government. You can see how this goes downhill. So mm. I would absolutely not support or trust a candidate who ran on the platform of, I want to give the church more power. That is not a political move. It's not It's yeah. not right politically. No, kind of power
2: would... is definitely the wrong word to use when you're talking about the church anyway because that's not what the church wants. They don't want more power. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> Maybe. Well, let, let's step back a couple thousand years. <laughs>
2: oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And
1: uh we'll we'll go to where Christianity started, right? So we go to the disciples and Jesus walking around Jerusalem. The the original apostles were looking for a Messiah that was prophesied in the Old Testament that would come and conquer politically, would conquer Mm-hmm. Um, and get, give them their freedom that they were being oppressed from the Roman government. That's mm-hmm. who they were looking for. It was a very harsh reality when they realized that's not why Jesus came this time. He didn't come to work and free them from political oppression. He didn't come to save them from the oppression of the Roman government. In fact, he, he said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Yeah. He, he made a point. One of the glaring issues in that day was slavery. You'd, Christ never said a word about it. In fact, the only words that were used in reference to slavery was to call his servants bond servants, or to call himself a slave, or to call himself mm-hmm. a servant. And so when, when we're talking here and we're saying, oh, wouldn't it be great if we voted somebody that would help us politically to move in a way of Christian, Christianity. No, because that's completely contrary to everything that Christ taught. It's completely contrary to the reason that he came. He will come and do that one day. That's called the millennium. We're not in it. That depends on your right. theology. Uh, I was just going to yes. say, debatable, but
0: for sake of argument, which,
1: we'll go with it. Which, <laughs> that's another reason. Theology plays a huge role a huge role. If you listen to the Apologia podcast, yeah. You you will get a very 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 strong views that the Christians should be involved in politics because the church will bring us into the millennium. I, I think the theology is completely wrong when we look at scripture. But so that theology is out there and theology as we say basically every week plays a very strong point mm-hmm. and this is one of the areas where theology matters. And it's going to drive your decision one way or the other. But my main point is, if you look at Christ and what he taught and what he said and what he did, it wasn't use politics to preach my gospel is the world's going to hate you. Go out and preach. Right.
0: And also the church, the church was set up to be the catalyst of change for the gospel, never the government.
2: Yeah. And you hear the argument all the time that, you know, America isn't a Christian nation. I I, I agree with that. I'm not going to say it wasn't founded by the majority of uh, Christ followers, because I believe it was not all of them were. And I didn't want to say that the person themselves put into power would push the Christian agenda, but that they would more or less uphold the Constitution um, that I think was driven by um, a theology when it, when it was written to support all people, all love. And because it was written that way, I'm saying it, I want to vote for a constitutionalist. Let me ask you a question about that real quick, if you don't mind. No, I do am you on
0: the spot right here. Do you believe that homosexuals have the right to marry legally in, this, in the States? Because you just mentioned Do all Do I believe it? Yes, should it is law. It is a law well, that they can. Here's what I'm asking you. Should they constitutionally have that right to be legally married under the, under the U.S. Constitution?
2: Should they have that right? Yes. Well, yes, they should because it's already been put into law.
0: Right, but I'm saying before even that. even before the law would you support, before would the you law? support that, that that law. I would not support that law. Okay, so and this proves my point. I'm not putting you on the spot here, Russell, as a personal oh, that's attack. Fine. But this, that's this another proves issue my point. We'd love to have that this one. proves well, we'll get there later, but this <laughs> proves my this proves my point though that you can say you're a constitutionalist and you just said the word all love, but you wouldn't support other people's right to marry someone even though you disagree with it, because constitutionally it's not there. It's, it's neutral. It's a neutral subject. So you, the Constitution isn't for it or against it, but you're against allowing someone to have the freedom, though, to marry someone else that you think they shouldn't be married to. So that's not really a constitutionalist. That's really- That's a biblical constitutionalist. Right. It's, it's a constitutionalist according to my worldview, which is fair, well, like, but we have to call it that. It's pretty much
2: like Scalia said before he passed, is that the Constitution says what it needs to say, and it doesn't say what it doesn't need to say. If it wanted it that way, it would have been written to have it in there in the first place. No,
0: see, I don't buy it. That's a constitutional. I don't buy it because think about it. Think about the right to bear arms. What does that mean? We interpret that as any kind of machine gun or bazooka. Some people say, hey, it could be anything. It could be a semi-automatic. It could be an automatic. It could be a rock thrower. Right or some people say no it should be limited and then we argue about that so it's it's very similar to interpretation of scripture right there's a lot in there to deep document I'm not putting it on the same level right. obviously but people interpret it differently mm-hmm. they do yeah. so just because one person says oh it's not in there therefore it shouldn't be I don't always buy that because when it comes especially to the, to the gay rights movement I'm sorry my friend but I think that two people under our law constitutionally have the right to be legally wed I'm not saying the church should be forced to marry that's a whole different subject, we're not going there. Mm-hmm. The church should have every right to refuse that marriage under the religious, you know, under religious freedom. And I know plenty of homosexuals who agree with me on that, that the church should not be
1: forced. That's their right. But it is their right legally as a gay couple to be legally wed. Absolutely. Right. And have all of the benefits that the Constitution gives them, that our federal government gives them. But just
0: because we disagree with it doesn't mean that we somehow say, well, we're more constitutional. Actually, it's
2: quite the opposite sometimes. But it goes back to the motive. And again, if you are a true constitutionalist, you would believe that the Supreme Court doesn't have the authority to make law. And therefore, that whole argument would be null and void at this point because they do not have the right to make law and, that and is, they did make law therefore yes. this is totally a non issue and that
0: is a fair right. that, by the way i'll say that that's a very fair assessment i'm i'm down for that mm. but if if president obama or however the law process happened that became into law legally then i have no problem with that because i think our constitution should guarantee those rights that's just what i think i'm not saying i agree with that yeah. with that idea uh, ideology however under the law of this land I. I, I can't disagree with that without labeling myself hypocritical. I can't say I'm a constitutionalist and I'm for freedom and then put stipulations on freedom like that. Mm-hmm. Just like how I say if I'm for free speech, I have to allow disgusting groups like Westboro Baptist to be able to spew their hate speech because mm-hmm. once we start putting on you know certain, uh, once we start kind of limiting what is speech, it's mm-hmm. a slippery slope.
2: Yeah, I took this down to a kind of a smaller level. I know we're talking about the whole United States here. I, I mentioned sure. Rob said, okay, let's say hypothetically, for instance, that the town of wherever you live decided to put a tax on an Acura uh, MDX. It said, anybody who drives an MDX is going to be taxed more just because you have an MDX. And they were taking a town vote on it. This is a this is a pure hypothetical, pure de- pure right. democratic Now, Now, Rob, motion. you drive an Acura MDX, I do. right? Okay. Yes. And I said, so if they decided to... You know, tax them for no apparent reason just because you drive an MDX and you felt you were being discriminated against. And they said they were going to take a survey amongst all the people in the town and you could vote. And if your vote mattered and you felt it mattered, you could vote. And then it would be overturned by that representative or even by a straight Democratic vote. Rob said he would not vote. Okay. Why? Because I.
0: I mean, <laughs> what do you think about the example of when, when Paul. Uh, uses his Roman citizenship status as you know, as a way to kind of get out of jail and kind of you know, go home free, so to speak, because they didn't know that he was a Roman citizen, right? Yeah, he, but he, he uses, said, You
1: can't beat me, you can't hold me here, I'm right? He citizen.
0: uses his political, really, his political power, for lack of a better word, of saying, Hey, I have certain rights under this government,
1: I should be able to use them. Mm-hmm. Do you think that wasn't was, was Paul wrong for doing that? No, I think that was in Paul's right to, to be able to do that. He was not, he was not asserting his, um, Political power, as that's how we're going to call it, well, I, yeah. to to assert his his gospel agenda. He was just saying, I, "I have rights as a Roman citizen. You can't beat me like this." Right, but and his his
0: reason for doing it was so he can preach the gospel more.
1: It right. was a it was a gospel agenda at the yeah. heart of it. Right, but he wasn't he wasn't saying this is what I'm going to use, and I'm I'm using my vote, and I'm going to get the right people in power in the Roman government he was just saying you can't do this i have just as we would say if we were thrown into prison for attending uh one of our local church meetings well we would be able to stand up and say you can't do that i'm protected by the constitution that's not that's not using a political power for your like for um advancing the gospel you're just yeah, using but, your okay, right as an American sure. citizen. But
0: in, in the hypothetical here of, of Russell's analogy of, you know, you're in a little town and they're going to tax your car, I mean why not be able to go voice your opinion of, hey, here's why I prefer that we that we don't tax it. Is, is that, why, and, why would you not use that that right of, of not even voting, just really freedom of expression and freedom of speech to be able to say hey, hey town, here's my view, here's why I'm not really for this idea um, and here's why I prefer that I don't get taxed more than I already am and so on and so forth.
1: And Russell and I were texting this conversation, so we didn't really get to... Well, all good conversations happen over text. (laughs) Right. So we didn't didn't really get to discuss it. And the the point that I was thinking about when he was asking the question was, okay, so my communal opinion is much different than my political vote. They're going around asking my opinion. That would be like if someone came to my door and said, "Uh, what do you... Think about creation versus evolution. That's not me voting that, hey, I'm pro creation. It's just someone's asking my opinion in a matter.
2: Uh... Okay. I'm not, can can I'm not casting my.
1: And- I'm not casting my vote to say I want this person to represent me in right. political office. but if the
0: town is asking you to come out and to give us your vote, you don't want to give them the vote. Let's say the town says, "Please, anyone who owns that Acura, please come out and give us your opinion on this, and please cast your vote, so we know which way you know if you support the tax
1: or not." You're going to say, "No, I don't think it's right to do that." I wouldn't. So I, I said in the text to to Russell, I probably wouldn't. Not. For any reason, okay, it was just I'm not going to go out of my way, right, it, right. But I, what, I, I see what you're saying. You're saying
0: I, it's not like a moral issue. I just probably wouldn't have the time to do it
1: exactly. Okay. And that's something that we didn't get to discuss because yeah. we are and going I, through text. And
2: I tried to take a kind of a non spiritual subject and just apply it in layman's terms to kind of say all right take this small example here a local more close to home literally right example and then apply that on a big scale because you're really in a pure democratic without the republic side you're really taking that pureness and applying it into a bigger picture with the presidential election now we were talking earlier about trump and some other things too and if anybody has ever wondered how the Nazis came to power, look at what's happening right now.
0: Wow. Extreme statement. We're going to use that freedom of speech right there and just, uh, just (laughs) go for it. So,
2: and Um. I heard this today actually, and you know, and I'm just like, it makes complete sense. Now you're in a world where people feel like they they don't have a voice and somebody stands up and says, you do have a voice, you have two extremes, you have Bernie, you have Trump, and you wonder why they're so popular, because they have they have a base.
0: You know what though, I will say one thing. The difference between Bernie and Trump, although definitely extremes of both sides... Bernie is a much more respectful human being. I mean, he went to liberty and he was nice as could be. And He even admitted that we're not going to agree on everything. But I at least appreciate that about Bernie. Trump yeah. is so disrespectful. He's mm-hmm. so brash. And he claims to be a Christian. Oh, that's what burns me up. Is yep. like Bernie even says, I'm a Jew. And by – I'm really just by blood only. Yeah, At least he, he admits yes. I'm not even a practicing Jewish guy. They're both honest. No, but status. that's what I'm saying. Trump is not honest. Trump yeah. goes, yeah, uh, I'm a Christian, two Corinthians. And we go, are you kidding me? And then has a complete ideology that, that is completely anti-Christ anyway. And, we, and Christians eat that up. But the guy who, in my opinion, is way more authentic, is way more genuine, who, by the way, has been consistent since day one. So many Christians go, oh, this guy is terrible. He's evil. He's this terrible person. It's like, you know what? A man's character says a lot. At least listen to what the guy has to say before you decide that he's not a quote unquote good person. So yeah. Let's tell you he's not a good person. The guy who's bragging about his adulterous affairs, the guy yeah. who's ruined marriage for everyone, the guy who said that he would bang his daughter if they if they weren't related. I mean, that's you love that quote. That's Trump. Oh, I love it because it's, so, <laughs> oh, it's so it's so outlandish. Right, it, it, this is a guy that literally is trending in almost the number 1 spot to be the next Republican frontrunner. Think about that for a second. And That's considering scary. that the majority of evangelicals are registered right-wing re- Republicans, that terrifies me as a
2: Christian. And I think that does tell us something of what's wrong in the church. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's so we're all voting. It literally is scary. Like, I
0: really am scared a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not really scared. That's not a good word. More... I feel like I'm living in the twilight zone. I feel like I'm dreaming and I'm having this dream that Christians are supporting someone who literally in all facets of life has nothing, not one bit of fruit biblically. And then I'm dreaming that, 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 that the president, president of the world's biggest Christian college endorsed him. Only I'm not dreaming. It's reality. In and, fact, I'm sorry to cut uh, you off. That's, uh, Russell. Go for it. Go for it. Go I'll for say it. one more thing. Matt Walsh, who I disagree with on almost every topic, man, I cannot agree with him more. He hit the nail on the head. He has a great blog post about this. It is fantastic, and it points out the completely hypocritical, lunatic idea
2: of Christians supporting Trump, which I think is phenomenal. And as passionate as you are about how bad— this whole scenario is I feel that same passion when I'm around a bunch of Christians who think they can't change anything because they don't want to cast their vote because they don't think it means anything because they're having to choose a lesser of two evils. Yeah, that's a lesser of two evils. But look how big that evil is. And then I'm surrounded by fellow Christians who think they have no voice and they can't change it. They can actually have the power to be that person They, if they really wanted to do that. And anybody in America could be that person if they really wanted to be. Do we have to know how certain people got where they are now? Look at your current leadership. They went up through ranks. I mean, and everybody who complains about not being able to vote and it doesn't mean anything, it means something because they got where they are because somebody voted for them. But
0: right there is where you lose me. You lost me there and here's why. No matter what, we're going to have two choices. Now, let's just do a hypothetical. Let's say choice A is Bernie Sanders Choice B is Donald Trump. Who do you honestly, on a clear conscience, vote for in that scenario as a follower of Christ? Who do you vote for? Do you vote for the guy who literally has dragged marriage through the mud? Who was pro-choice at one point? Who has terrible views? Who wants to keep Muslims out of the country unless they're unless they're currently in the states? Who has who, who calls people fat disgusting? Who makes fun of protesters? Who makes fun of, of, of a disabled man? That's option number one. Or do you want to go for the guy who really believes that the government is the answer to everyone's problem, and, and that if we just tax a lot of people like crazy, you know, somehow we can live in a utopia? You tell me in that situation, who's
2: lesser of two evils? Lesser of two evils is Bernie Sanders. I can tell you that because so now you vote
1: for someone against your Christian conscience of you're voting, someone who is pro-choice.
2: You're voting pro- either way against somebody who's. The same way it doesn't right, matter. But, Russell, he said the I lesser of two evils. Honestly, no, yeah, I, I really I, I, I'm going to take your bait because yes. I'm going to be honest with you. I have people all day long. Like, oh, if you vote for Trump, you know he'll at least keep our guns. And you have friends talking about all kinds of issues. At the end of the day, I think you said it best to him when you were like, you know, he his his morality, his foundation. At least it's the most Christ-like. But in the back of my mind, because you have to know politics, everything that he wants to do. It can't be done. I mean, right. because the Republican held Congress and, and the House. I mean, he's not going to be able to do what he wants to do. Sure, but he's willing to talk and have the conversation and push that forward. And I have right. tons of friends who are Bernie fans, and we go about back and forth on dialogue all day long. I appreciate his his motives, but I don't agree with the way that he wants to do them.
0: Absolutely, and but I, he's
2: still lesser of two evils. I
0: I appreciate you honestly answering that. and I appreciate you really answering Bernie because and I've
2: never voted a Democrat.
0: <laughs> but well, but would you vote then? Because See that's the thing is, and oh totally, I don't want to be this person. And we're gonna hit the abortion issue on a different podcast, a whole different yeah. subject for sure. But to me, that's a really tough one for me to swallow because Bernie is so pro-choice. It's not even like a dialogue there. It's just like I'm pro-choice, you know. And to me, that, that's a big deal. Here's the thing, though. I mean, when when you really think about it, no, no sitting president in the past like twenty years has really done much for that issue, no matter where they stood ideology, uh, ideolog- ideologically. You know, with Bush, he did ban I guess some, but abortions are still happening. It doesn't really matter where you stand on that issue for me. Yeah. Uh, as far as getting actual the like, actual Roe versus Wade or uh, Roe v. Wade repealed, it's just yeah. not it's not going to happen in uh, immediately. Um, but yeah, so I, I appreciate you answering that because yeah. it, truly, I don't know if I can still vote for Bernie even on that. Yeah. I don't know if I, if I have a clear conscience to. It's but the like, church's
2: r- responsibility to step up where they fail. So sorry, yeah, Rob. You go but, ahead. I know you was talking. But, but let's
1: go. Let's go back because you're you, were, you were making the statement um Christians feel like they don't have a voice and this is this is their opportunity to to make change and and to get someone in leadership and and kind of force the the change find a shepherd so when I, when I read the command of Christ it I don't remember reading go ye into all the world and vote for a political power that will make it easier for you. I don't remember reading go ye into all the world and make sure that you get involved in the political process. What I do remember reading is going into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples of all nations. Those are those are the commandments of Christ. That's the only thing that we really, if we're looking for a vehicle to, for change, it's not our vote. If we're looking for a vehicle to change, it's not a political process. It's not a political power. It's the gospel that we have. That's what's going to change people. And when we go back to the, the garden, when all of the, uh, the soldiers come to arrest Jesus, and Peter takes out his sword and he chops off uh, the ear of, of uh, Malchus, the, the servant, the Lord restores his ear and then says something very powerful to Peter. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it was, then my servants would fight. And I think that's that applies directly to what we're saying here is we're Christendom as a whole is asking for its servants to get up and fight for a kingdom that isn't of this world. and the Lord turned to Peter and said, "Don't do that. that's not the time. this isn't the place my my kingdom is being advanced through not political power, not processes, not voting, not this world. my kingdom is being uh, advance through the Holy Spirit and through personal interactions with my church and that's how change is going to happen that's, that's how people are being saved, are being reached and how, as Tim was saying how the poor is, being, is supposed to be being cared for how our community is supposed to be uh, being reached out to everything that we see in the New Testament that many people apply to our government really applies to the church and what we should be doing
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's good points. Very good. I mean, Absolutely. as far yeah, as spreading the gospel, I think that's the fundamentals. I mean, that's the fundamentals. I mean, I think we're going a step further beyond that more than we should when we have this conversation as to what Christians should and shouldn't do. But there, there's all kinds of tools that we do use to spread the gospel, whether it be to, you know, use our vehicles to bring people to church. I mean, right. well, we don't need to do that. I mean, God will do that. He'll bring them to church. You know, it's we're, we're, we are the vehicle, not our actual motorized vehicle out there. So, but, but we vote to choose a car. It's an opinion. We do what's best for us to get us in the physical capability to serve God, to bring other people to a building where we can worship together. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we've voted on, whether it was political or not in our own lives, that we are using to put before the gospel, to, to, to use that tool to better the kingdom. Whether I, we like it or not, that's what we're doing.
1: I think you're using the word voting in two very different ways. You're using the word voting. I chose to buy my Acura over a Honda or over a Toyota or over a Ford. I didn't, I didn't cast a vote for someone else to represent me in that decision. That's what a political process is. A political vote is casting my choice for someone else to represent me. Not
2: always. You could be asking for somebody else for votes to represent yourself. But I mean, what I'm saying is that it's not always you're representing... You're, you're not always asking for... Oops, sorry.
0: My fault. <laughs> sorry, guys.
2: <laughs> what I'm saying is that sometimes there's not always... Uh, a running between two people and sometimes it's not always you suggesting somebody else to run i mean you're making a choice and a choice is a vote I'm, i'm i'm just done it's a vote it's a vote of your opinion of your experience of what you want to do you make a vote on everything you do because that's your opinion it doesn't have to be a person every single time. And I put I see them as one and the same. You're just separating them into two different things for this particular instance.
0: Can I ask you a hypothetical that I was thinking about? Of course. To maybe see if this puts my perspective in a better light. Suppose you had the option of uh, watching two different movies. Uh, both rated R movies. One known for extreme sex and just, you know, over-the-top um, graphic nudity. The other one known for a ton of bad language and graphic violence and just all kinds of negative things and torture or your third option was not to watch either movie which option would you take double feature double. oh sorry sorry wow. sorry oh. i'm sorry it was there, there. conversation closed it was there no um, but which if you had if you had that you watch that movie or that movie or you don't watch either one which one what option would you take <laughs> That's so hard, because but do you see my point though? Oh, I completely like, you see the point. You can vote movie. for Bernie, Trump, or just not vote for either of them, and and well, it's, not and it's and the say, same, it's the it same not, thing. It wasn't up to me. This was not my call. I did not vote for either of them because I couldn't support either of them. So I don't understand. Like you know, you seem like you're a level-headed guy. I put you in a corner where you said you would vote for Bernie if you really had to, but why not just vote not at all or write someone else in? I mean, why why feel the need? to to vote for someone that you know that you really don't agree with and don't think is the
2: best fit for that for that role when you can just not vote because you have to have a best fit for that role it's going to be one of the two and if you have to choose one of the two then you want your voice to be heard but but your voice can say neither your voice can say
0: to the establishment no i don't like that one or that one i'm not voting for
2: either of them because they both suck and that's when I went back to the very first example. I said, take the extreme example when all Christians said we're not going to do anything, then you basically remove yourself from the equation and, and to Rob's point, you're gonna let you're gonna let God appoint who God wants to appoint at that. It's,
0: hey, in my opinion, it's not a bad thing if more Christians get out of politics. I'm gonna tell you that right now. If we had if we had people like Rubio who had that kind of money thrown around with donors behind them, pouring into the church and getting stuff done. Ha, I think you see some major changes in the church. But unfortunately, they're so wrapped up in their political agenda and whatever it is, whatever drives them to be the next president, that that they're they're too busy to be wrapped up in politics and to support the church. So I, that's what I'm saying is like, I don't understand this, re, this incessant need to, I have to vote for one of the two. Says who? Says who? Who says you have to vote for one of the two? If they both suck, if they're both... Not accurate if they're both anti-kingdom, why are you gonna say that I was responsible for, for putting that person into power? Isn't that kind of like a terrible thing
2: for you to say, yep, I voted for that person? No, I think you're taking responsibility. I think to live in this country, I think as an adult, you're taking responsibility. I'm not I'm gonna kind of put aside the spiritual conversation for a second, sure. but as as an adult, you're given the responsibility to be an adult and to act like one to, and to put other adults and surround yourself with a kind of a mature you know, society. And that's how this process came and it evolved into the greatest nation in the world is that adults realized that something had to change from all the other formations around the world. That's what makes us different. And it was made different because we were given a choice. We were given a voice and we were given the chance to apply it.
0: Okay. So I'll give it another, another go at, at a different angle. It's not a patriot, huh? for, for All yeah, right. <laughs> forget, forget. No, we're
1: not. We're Christians. Forget.
0: <laughs> wow. Burn. Um, forget the idea of not voting. Let's take that measure off the table. Yeah. Why not vote for someone else? Why not have a write-in?
2: Why vote for Bernie or for Trump? Why uh, not vote for whoever you like? I believe there are certain instances where you can put a write-in. Um, but I'm saying, You why can write in you, anytime. Why, yeah.
0: Anytime. But I'm saying, why Why would you choose one of the two? Why wouldn't you choose for whoever you really thought was the best option? You can. But I'm saying, why won't you? Why won't I? Yeah. Why Why would you vote for Bernie? Well, in the hypothetical over, situation, over you didn't Trump? give me that option. All right. Well, let's say I give you a third option. You can write in. Would you write in? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. So you would say that I'm not going to vote for either of them. I vote for. Oh, well, For whoever I think but that would is, be you unique, realize, yeah. right, is the equivalent of not voting at all because okay. your vote will not be heard, it will not be seen, it will not be read, it will not, not be counted. Uh-huh.
2: No one's going to read that vote and say, "Oh, Mickey Mouse." Okay, that's a serious contender. Actually, in the caucus, if you look at South Carolina, did you see how many of the people who've already dropped out? How many votes they've already been recorded? They get more, several of them got more than one percent that they've already dropped out and gone away. They were right ins but they already got votes. So right, I
0: mean, and are they going to be the next president? No. It was a waste. I, it was a it's waste not, not of time. Not
2: necessarily it true. Meant nothing. Not necessarily true. I'm standing true. up right now. It <laughs> I know. Meant I know okay. all, right, all right. Not true. Not true. Because if you think about I'm it, yelling your poor wife. I'm so know, sorry, I Julia. Oh, if you sleeping. think about it, there's people who have not even been on the ballots yet. Who are still gonna be in this race, possibly? Biden, Bloomberg, they could possibly come in or spend the $3 million it needs to get on the rest of the delegates or the rest of the caucuses. They could still be president. Sure. And their name's not even on it right now. But you now. have no control
0: over that. Are you registered Democrat? No. So that doesn't matter to you. Are you registered uh, Rep- Republican? Yes. Okay, so you, you have that control as of right now, but you live in New Jersey, so you really don't have any control anyway. It doesn't really matter. you know. So my point, though, is that when it comes down to an actual election time, when it comes down for you to cast your ballot, all right, you're going to have two – really two choices. They say you can vote for whoever you want, but anyone besides those two is really a waste of vote because it will go nowhere, right? That's why back – that's why it when it was McCain and uh, – who was it? McCain and who? Obama. Uh, when they had yeah. that election, and I said, I, I told, I told someone I'm gonna vote for Ron Paul. They go, Oh, that's just a wasted vote. That's a vote for Obama. So either well, way, it's not. well, huh, but that was that, a good vote, by the way. <laughs> but, but that's the mentality, though, and it's also the kind of true. My vote didn't do anything, really. It didn't, it didn't go to Ron. I mean, it went to Ron Paul, but no one cared. Yeah. He got like 0.09 percent of the of the vote. Yeah. So
2: it's the equivalent, really, of not voting because well, it made no difference. And- when you go back to the extreme case again, where you talk about they, they do it this way, the way it's done is to keep those grassroots people from basically stealing the majority of the vote. They keep the small guys out of it. But, yes, I believe there does need to be a reform financially with uh, campaigning. I think there needs to be a lot of financial reform in other areas. Uh, but if you really take it down to a, just a pure Democratic look and it, say your voice did matter, and you put whoever you want on that right down their name um, – Anybody could be president, and that's a scary thought too. It it developed, it evolved into this process. It's such a big process. It is a corrupt process, but it gets the exposure it needs to get, and this is the only way that it can be received right now by this number of people in America. Sure.
1: All right. Let's do this because we're over our hour time. If you can. Wait, wait. It. I just need. I just oh. need clarification. Okay. All right. On go ahead. Go th- ahead. Go ahead. So one of the the verses that I love to bring up in this discussion is in one of my favorite passages in Philippians three. It's not Roman. It's not Roman. I was like,
0: thank goodness.
1: (laughs) So Philippians three has the, the verse that I love. Um, This one thing I do forgetting those things, which are behind, I press forward to those, to the high calling of things in Christ Jesus. Like, so that's one of my favorite, favorite verses. But if you go down, Paul's talking about Christian life. He's talking about our goals, our spiritual goals. You get down basically to the end of the chapter, and there's a great little verse in there, and I'll I'll have to pull it up in ESV because ESV. <laughs> I know. Oh, what a shame! You Rob. want you want me to quote it in
2: KJV for no. you? Yes, I would love to hear that in KJV, Rob. Because that <laughs> is the only true, pure word of God. Oh, that's true. The Bible was written in KJV. All right, move along, brother. Go ahead. I'm listening. <laughs>
1: um, so in in ESV it says, "But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ." And you can go on, who will transform our lo- lowly body to His like His glorious body by the power that enables Him, even unto all things to Himself. So, the verse there, for our citizenship is in heaven. The Greek word there is polytome, I think is what it is, which is, as you can guess, where we get our word politics. So our politics, our citizenship, everything that we have is in heaven. So here we are, we're saying, Well no, I my politics are here. This is this is where I wanna I wanna cast my vote. This is where I want to say I want this person to represent me as the President of the United States. When what the scripture tells us, that our politics are in heaven, our president of our life, as it were, our the Lord of our life, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Our vote's already been cast in that sense. At the moment of salvation, we declared him as Lord. And so I kind of, especially with that, I'm not sure how you would then say, well, no, we we can
2: be involved in politics. It's called here. a write-in. Write-in Jesus Christ. Hashtag <laughs> Jesus for President. Good book, by the way. Shane uh, Shane Claiborne
0: wrote a book about that. Anyway, um, that was great. I'm going to count that as your final uh, as your final piece on the subject. I was going to have everyone kind of say their final final thoughts. Oh, um, that was a very good final thought. <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> a good follow. Final thought. I, I mean, think really, really summed it up well. So. I'll count that as your final thought for now. All right. Russell, I'll give you uh, your final thought. Go
2: ahead. Uh, Final thought really was, I'm glad this conversation didn't turn into, a oh, well, Jesus didn't say anything about this. And, oh, well, I don't vote because I don't really know anything about the candidates. Because those are the two most things I hear more than anything. And it drives me insane. Oh, well, you don't know because you're ignorant. I'm sorry. You know, I mean... Everybody in today's information age has an ability to do some research to learn something. Any college graduate knows how to research something of any kind of intelligence. So I'm glad that um, um, most people, (laughs) most people, you know, know how to get information when they need to. So I'm glad this conversation didn't turn that way. I still think uh, I'm going to leave here with two great Christian brothers. Um, And I'm. You know, whether, yeah. whether I'm invited back or not, I guess oh, it doesn't really matter. Psst,
0: Rob, he's definitely not invited back, uh, but don't tell him not. that. Yeah, definitely. See, and, they, and I time.
2: just want to point out, yeah, out anytime, man. That, You're that welcome they back. they just took a vote, <laughs> you know, yeah, with me in the room. We cast lots. <laughs> they <laughs> casted cast lots. <laughs> and I still think it's important, you know, not just as a Christian, but as an American, to to that they can be simultaneously witnessed together. Uh, one doesn't have to push the other. One doesn't have to come before the other, but they can simultaneously be lived out in a Christ like manner. And that's where I'm going to leave my final thought.
0: All right. Good final thought. Um, Let's see. My final thought. Oh, man. So much to say, so little time. No, I'm just kidding. I could
1: probably sum it up
2: in Go Trump. <laughs> oh, he's going to make America great again, by the way. Oh, my gosh.
1: Um.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, Russell and Rob and myself, first off, it was definitely a great discussion. I loved it. Really good points. I think we kind of agree on a lot more than we thought we might have, which is is great. Mm -hmm. Um, I I really haven't changed my opinion necessarily. I still think, like, if you're not voting for one of the major two, why vote at all? I mean, I guess to exercise the right or the freedom to – if that's, how, if that's how you see it, a way to exercise right. your freedom in, in the states, go for it. As long as you understand that your vote really means absolutely nothing, unless it's for one of the two. That's just, listen, that's that's pure math, my friend. Like, that is pure mathematical fact. Your vote will not count for pretty much anything. It's not going to get anyone even close to elected. Ralph you're for almost one of the two. It. He almost made it. He had a good run. Uh, but that being said, I just think that it really comes down to, Rob, you nailed that where our allegiance lies. I think... A lot of well-intentioned Christians who mean well don't realize that they pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States way more than they pledge allegiance to the kingdom of Christ. And I think that's a big problem for sure. I think we're starting to see that. And honestly, honestly I'm kind of glad that Trump is so popular because it kind of just shows that Christians don't have it figured out. And clearly we have some work to do Amen. because the fact that Trump is where he is – can only be chalked up to because the Christian right really supports him, and they do. That's the only way. There's no other other way that he could be where he is because most right wing conservatives register, or most Christians register as right wing, um, you know, conservative. And Trump has most of that vote, so there's just no way around it for me. So I'm glad I'm seeing this because there's still work to be done for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, you know, people should vote if they want to, and if you don't feel called to vote, then don't vote. But I'll tell you what, I'm certainly done. The man's opinion and saying oh wait you're telling me to vote maybe I should no I'm, I'm all done with that because like you said Rob <laughs> our citizenship is in heaven ultimately at the end of the day you know God's kingdom is, what, is what's going to prevail and I'm okay with that you know at the same time I trust that whoever ends up president that God is in control ultimately I'm not saying that we don't have moments where we can maybe God gives us freedom to control certain things but ultimately you know I just don't see it that way as and, far as you know my vote and how much it means
1: and maybe a, a... Final closing thought is that Christians as a whole should be more involved in praying for those in leadership. Yes, very, we can all agree on that. Very yes, often I've heard prayers of, well, we pray that such and such gets into office. Yeah. And it's like, what, what, why are you praying that? You should be praying the will of the Lord be done. That's that's what right. the Lord taught us in his and prayer. And
0: pray for our leaders.
1: Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
0: I, I really wonder how much farther Christians would have gotten with Obama if they prayed for him more and wanted to dialogue and discuss instead of yell and scream. I really wonder that. Because the level of disrespect I've seen towards this president in particular, maybe it's because I'm older now, I'm seeing it more, or maybe just because it's Obama, really has been... quite kind of embarrassing frankly from some of the things I've seen but I don't want to go down that, that subject because we are going to wrap up now for sure so definitely Russell and Rob thank you so much for coming on uh, Russell especially as, as our guest thanks thank for coming you. on we'll get you back on for something else who knows what maybe abortion or something some other kind of uh, controversial rights. topic gay rights. gay rights that could be a great one <laughs> big thumbs up uh, yeah I was talking to your friend uh, tonight uh, before I came here and I was telling him that last week last week we had a couple on who whose husband struggled with porn and this week we we're talking about about it. Should you vote as a Christian? He goes, man. You're just so controversial. I'm just like, I guess. I just want to go there. You know, like, right? I'm just taking all the taboo subjects. And we all saying, do. We all they want they to are, go there. You know? I
1: think these are the topics that the local churches aren't hitting as hard as they should be hitting. So I'll hit them. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs>
0: Born voting. Hi, I hit 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 said him, it. Hi, you know? But come
1: uh, on, CSS CTJ. <laughs> yeah.
0: Everyone listening out there, first off, thanks for putting up with three three men argue like like little children over politics. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. We always love your opinions and your views. Please leave us comments or just feedback. Uh, Rob, where can our listeners email us at?
1: Podcast at coffeetheologyandjesus.com. Perfect. Um, yeah,
0: thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your week, your day, your night, wherever you're listening to this, whatever you're doing. May you do it all unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Have a great uh, great rest of your weeks.
2: Then they opened up their eyes, took their first breath, and the wind was gone. They all clucked out from their beds. They all had tools in their hands. They were equipped for this work. Now I can rest. My job is done.